0: Hey everyone, this is Richard Carthon, your new host of The Edge of NFT. Today he talks about my journey into the world of all things Web3. Join me on The Edge of NFT as we help you on your journey into learning more about all things Web3. Hey
1: NFT curious listeners, stay tuned for today's episode to learn how our guest today and our newest co host first step into AI immediately took a twist and inspired his passion for blockchain technology. Plus, how slinging chocolate bars as a young man led to our guest' stellar sales skills.
0: Finally, hear how Snoop Dogg joined a 20 million Series A funding round for music NFT platform Sound XYZ. And yes, it's official. You can now dive into the captivating world of artificial intelligence with the Edge of AI podcast. Join us as we explore the frontiers of AI and its impact on our lives. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Twitter at Edge of underscore AI and LinkedIn for exciting updates and insights. You can also visit our new website at edgeofai.xyz.
2: Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast created by Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next and today's guest
1: is actually our newest host go figure we're featuring richard carthon our newest host of the edge of nft and a key member of the edge of team richard has gained notoriety for his collaborative approach to the challenging the existing practices of startups small businesses and established firms he has an extensive background in media, producing over 300 episodes on his previous podcast, and his claim to fame started when he scored a touchdown in the movie The Long Shots back in 2008. He has a curiosity in media ever since. Richard's listeners have described him as authentic, lively, and knowledgeable. Richard, what's going on, man? Welcome to Edge of NFT. What's
0: up? What's up, everybody? Glad. To be a part of this, we can now dive a little bit deeper and y'all can learn a little bit more about me as we keep learning more about all these other movers and shakers in the world of Web3. But yeah, Josh, glad to be here.
1: Yeah, man. I'm sure folks have been sort of listening to the show, hearing your new voice, learning about your passion for sports and gaming and your unique perspective in the space and wondering who is this guy?
0: <laughs> yeah, I get to get a little deeper insight into a little bit of that. So pumped to be able to share some of that with y'all today
1: yeah well it's been amazing working with you for gosh it feels like five years but going on i don't know a little over six or seven months you've been such a key member of this squad and you're so multifaceted so it's just great to have you around man and i know i'm going to learn some things about you today as well
0: for sure yeah it's been a lot of fun a good amount of work to get done but still plenty more to get done and It's been a lot of fun to meet all the amazing people still in this space, no matter what's going on. And we still have a lot of awesome people to meet as well.
1: Yeah, we do. There's a lot more wood to chop. And speaking of chopping wood, which is like such the quintessential sort of cliche around being an entrepreneur, but it actually fits the bill. You've been a serial entrepreneur with a pretty unique beginning to your career. And this is one area I'm curious to learn more about. How did all this... Richard Carthon Media Business get started?
0: Yeah. So I went to college at Tulane University. I was a dual sport athlete. And for most of my life, I thought I was going to be a doctoral lawyer. Freshman year just discovered I really didn't like math and science. I said, okay, we're going to be a lawyer. So my junior year, I started to learn about entrepreneurship. And I started my first startup and built a website and even built a mobile app. And it was a lot of fun. And it was a part of me that I never knew was there. It really sparked my curiosity so going into my senior year i had my first startup able to raise money for and got into law school was trying to decide you know do i go do that or do i pursue this passion and i was like you know let's just see how it plays out so i was able to start my first job as a financial advisor for merrill lynch doing wealth management but then i was also able to do my startup uh, which at the time was a calendar application um, that I called follow my account. And basically I was able to raise some money for it. About six months into the job decided, all right, I'm just gonna go all in, let's see what happens. Was able to hire my first employee, go through the whole thing. And I got, was able to go through some accelerators in New Orleans and it was awesome. But I got to a point where I had to make a critical decision. How do I extend my runway? Cause I needed, I found my product market fit, but I need to raise more money to build those parts to then turn into a SaaS model. Cause originally it was a B2C, but I turned into B two B. So basically, went from trying to just how do I like, get a ton of users and then eventually monetize it to okay, I have a little bit of users; they're willing to spend money on it. Let's flip the switch and turn that on. So from doing that, I took myself off of payroll. Unfortunately, had to let go of my employee and started doing some fundraising in the background while I started a job in AI. As a matter of fact, as a sales rep, and that's actually how I first learned about crypto. So that was a very untraditional way of getting into entrepreneurship, but then also learning about what would become my future passion.
1: Yeah, that's the part of entrepreneurship that I think is so difficult is they don't tell you the part where you only have so many chess moves on the board, right? Like you might be able to go back one move, but you can't go back 10 moves. And sometimes at the end of the day... In spite of that effort to keep persisting, curious, you can just run out of chess moves. So, a lot of great lessons that you probably learned that can apply to any company. And I think it sort of goes to this lean startup mentality that we always talk about on the show. And I think it's so important in Web three especially, where you get these companies with these massive visions and roadmaps. But do they have product market fit yet? Have they actually discovered who their true customers really are?
0: Yeah, no, it's a hard one. It's blissful ignorance can bring you a long way just to be persistent enough to want to keep figuring things out and saying, no matter where it goes, I'll just keep finding a solution to to keep things going. And I think there's a lot of good in that, but I also think it's good as you learn core lessons to be able to move faster or get the help that you need or discover how you can pivot faster and everything else. Pivot was a big word that I learned in the course, what it means to be an entrepreneur. I've experienced burnout before and know what that means too. And I think it's good to work hard. It's good to have a vision of where you're going, but it is also good to every once in a while take a step back, breathe a moment, and then be re energized and get back after it.
1: 100%. And it's cool how you intersected with AI and blockchain early in your career. It kind of made me reflect on some elements of my career and. We're starting this new Edge of AI podcast, which you probably have been hearing about if you've been listening to the show or checking us out on social. But like before, I even got into blockchain, I was doing geospatial data intelligence work for the government. And actually, when I started my first business with Jeff and some other guys, like we ended up creating some an algorithm around how do you serve people high quality meals on a creative rotation where they don't get bored, right? I think there's a really interesting juxtaposition to AI and blockchain in terms of, yeah, they they are different paths to similar goals around sort of operational efficiency, improving transparency, but also protecting privacy. But at the same time, they do intersect and they probably have intersected for a lot of people over the years, and now they're both kind of on fire. So super curious how that plays out the next few years, which is one reason we have these two shows.
0: Yeah. So interestingly enough, when I pivoted, started working at this ad company, first day on the job, boss says, "Hey, what do you know about Bitcoin and Ethereum?" I said, "What is that?" He said, "Those are cryptocurrencies." I said, "What is that?" He said, "Look into it." So I did. Went down the rabbit hole and immediately became immersed and thought, "This is my internet moment. This is my opportunity to get in the front of this new innovative technology that's going to transform." So like my first love was Ethereum. It just made sense to me. It was basically. A platform, a language that things would be built on top of these decentralized the apps, these DApps, and all this stuff. And you started having all these terms that started coming up that I had no idea what any of it meant, but I really wanted to learn. And so I started to go online, and a lot of the information at the time. And this is 2018, at the top of the market before that first crash, where Bitcoin was at 19,000, Ethereum was at 1,800, and Ripple was at like two dollars. So we we know what happens next, but. Was interesting about that moment was all the information online was either super technical or how to get rich quick. Nothing was trying to break things down, make it very simple and help your common person be able to see what's going on. So I wanted to learn and I wanted to help other people learn on my journey. So I created a podcast called Crypto Current that I ran for almost three and a half years, over 300 episodes. And the whole idea was to bridge the gap between people who do nothing but thought leaders. And on that journey, I was able to make so many amazing connections, learn a ton, and then be able to educate people along the way. And it's opened a lot of doors to other things within the Web3 blockchain space. And to your point earlier, like things have come full circle. So like I started in AI, got really passionate about blockchain, and now going back into AI, getting even deeper into it. And I think it's just all very synergistic and lets me know that going down this path was the right way and where I was meant to be.
1: Yeah, there's a lot I can relate to, and I think that's one reason why you've been such a great fit for the culture here at Edge of Company. You kind of skimmed past it, but three years, over 300 episodes of a show, as someone that's been in podcasting, and we've done 250 episodes plus, I think this one's probably around 260, if I'm not mistaken. That's a heck of a lot of media training, on-the-job training that you got. It's interesting how it led you to sort of do some event stuff and now become here. I'm curious if there are any like really special episodes of this show that sort of stood out for you as sort of career defining moments or sort of were enlightening in some way that sort of impacted your journey.
0: Yeah, I'll point to two. The very first one that really impacted me, I interviewed Jan Pris- Priska, who's the CTO of Swan Bitcoin. And they were very young at the time, at the beginning of their journey. And they're huge now. They have their own conference, all this stuff. And he was really breaking down why Bitcoin is so important and revolutionary and why it's a strong consideration to have some diversification into it. He told me a story on how, unfortunately, his grandmother was around during the Holocaust times, ended up leaving, surviving, and then going over to the States. And when that happened, the only thing of value that she really had, to think, was a jewelry. And then the guards took it from her. So when she got to America, she had nothing and had to like build it up. But if something like Bitcoin existed, being able to just know a seed phrase, have it be in a place, you don't even have to physically have a drive on you, be able to go anywhere in the world, remember your phrase, and now all your wealth can go with you. And that's that generational wealth. Like that really stuck with me. And it was the first time I really started considering like diversification in Bitcoin and and what that means and how that can evolve. And that was impactful for me. And then another really cool just opportunity was speaking with shapeshift when they announced that they were going to be the first dow organization that was such a really fun conversation and it was this new thing DAOs, essential lots of times organization like what does it mean all these things and he was able to break that down for me explain how his company was going in that direction and so then i got a real keen interest in that and started getting more involved with DAOs. I'm actually, I live in Austin, Texas. I'm now part of the ATX DAO, starting to participate in that and, and understanding that DAOs are basically the new age LLCs and how that can impact the future in the world. And it's just been a lot of fun discovering and learning about so much innovation happening in this space early as things are being built and then really starting to see where things ultimately land and end up.
1: Yeah, Austin has a great ecosystem and glad to have you on the ground there, having eyes on what's going on in that part of the world. Where I'm holding down the fort in Venice, not a bad spot either. But yeah, I am kind of curious though, when did NFTs sort of cross your paradigm and what was that like?
0: So mind you, I've been in the space since 2018, start to educate and doing all this stuff. But when everyone's ears perked up, everyone wants to learn information, it was in 2001 where the NFTs started to take over, right? So this is early 2021 and I have aunts and uncles and cousins and friends hitting me up. Hey, what is an NFT? I know you're in crypto and all that. That sounds cool. Tell me about NFTs. And it was that aha moment of like, we always talk about what is that intersection between bridging the gap between web two and web three. And that first moment for me where I started to see like, oh, this is happening with NFTs. And so because of that, I knew enough about NFTs. i heard about them. Actually a, a good friend of mine who actually, shout out to blockchain Wayne. He actually is the one that introduced me to Josh and the edge of team. One of the first episodes I had was him talking about NFTs. So I knew about this back in late 2018, early 2019, but didn't really pay a lot of mind and attention. Should have missed out on that one, but it reinvigorated the need to be able to learn more about this. And so I started digging more into this, getting more involved in some different communities and everything else. And when we eventually met, I was deeper along my NFT journey and there's a lot of synergies between, like you said, the event space, NFT's web three, and just being able to expand all that. So there was a ton of synergies and wanting to come and, and participate and be a part of the Edge Up team.
1: Yeah, 100% and I know you were really trying to figure out what was next for your journey and you didn't take the decision to join our team lightly and it was a big decision on our side too because we really care a lot about the DNA of this company and every member of the squad sort of actually not only integrates with that DNA but helps us evolve that DNA over time I'm sort of curious. Why us?
0: Yeah. So the Edge of Team is doing a lot of awesome things. When I was creating my media and starting to do some events myself, like I I did an event back in 2019 in New Orleans, introducing Web3 to that local community. When I came to Austin in 2020, I knew I wanted to do an event, but COVID happened. So then I decided, all right, let's do one in in 2022. And of course, at the end of 2022, the rougher conditions, a lot of, big things started happening, such as SBF and everything else going on. So timing is always impeccable. But I knew that I liked events. I knew that I really enjoyed being able to bring people together and have them both be educated, network, and overall have a good time. I really enjoyed that process. And I wanted to learn how to scale that up. I also wanted to see how I could grow to the next phase and what it means to to be a, a larger media company. And I was starting to go this and starting to process a lot of it. And again, shout to Wayne, I met him at a conference in November and was kind of walking him through like, you know, my thinking and everything. I was like, oh man, I got someone great to introduce you to. And he talked about Josh and was like, hey, uh, they're, you know, look for some help. They're getting ready to do, um, NFT LA, which is now a great brand. outer edge LA and need some support and I'm happy to make an intro. And so did and been working together since. And it's been great just to see one being able to pull off that event just in general, period. Was awesome getting to see the all, meet all the different people. We get to go and have a lot of really cool experiences between getting to go to places like Denver, being able to go to Consensus, of course, our event, and we still got more places to go later this year. And it's amazing to keep meeting these people building right now during the hardest time to be building during this barrel market. The barrel markets are tough. You see who's really here and what people are made of. And also knowing that surviving this moment the goodwill the good things that we're doing the seeds that we're planting are going to just bear such great fruit great trees once we get on the other side of this and i feel really good about that
1: yeah absolutely i'm looking forward to our upcoming trip to seoul korea for korea blockchain week and then we'll be heading over to token 2049 so if you're listening and you're going to be on the ground in one of those places definitely Drop us a note. Let's meet up. Let's figure out some ways to collaborate. Let's build in this builders market together. Let's eat some good Korean food, Korean barbecue. <laughs> I'm all about that.
0: Oh yeah, I'm pumped for it, man. Let's we're gonna eat good, see some new stuff, and even when we go out to Singapore, it would be cool to see that culture as well. So some fun things ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, let's give people a little glimpse at least behind the scenes at what's going on in the edge of company. We're a team that sort of everyone touches a little bit of everything, right? It's the Web3 way. And so you've been helping get the Edge of AI podcast off the ground, which by the time folks listen to this, will have officially launched. That's a really exciting milestone for us. What else have you been cooking up? Yeah. So just
0: like Josh said, it was a big decision to decide to launch another podcast in conjunction with everything else we're doing. So a lot of work going into that and continue to expand it. So that was a good focus. Also just looking within the organization itself. Of course, during various times, you have to become creative and scrappy and figure out efficient ways to get a lot done. And so we have been doing a lot of things within our own brand, figuring out how to update our branding content, also figuring out from an internal org, how to maximize the amount of goods and helpful tools that we can give to our end listeners. Because ultimately, all the information and things and and content that we're creating is is for you, the end listener, the end user. And so how do we keep amplifying that? How do we keep making sure that we're growing that community and providing the things that you care about and that you love and that uh, you keep coming back listening to us for? So finding those key things, amplifying them, and then how do I help make the process to get there a little bit more efficient? And on top of that, just looking at for our big major event, what does the future of that look like? What are some cool partnerships that we can put together? What are some strategic things, the people that we can be working with, keep putting on such amazing content and doing more things like Twitter spaces? Like we just did one recently that went extremely well. Shout out to everybody that came and visited us on that.
1: Yeah. Thanks to creator... Hood and Boardroom Ventures for collaborating with us on that really cool Twitter space that we just had. I think over 400, 500 folks have come by there. And that will also be a podcast in the show. So that was pretty fun.
0: Amazing time. And there's a lot of really cool things that we can continue to do while we build. Because again, we're still a startup, we're building as well. So it's how do we keep amplifying what we're doing to amplify the voices of the builders and creators that are still here and that will be here After we get out of this spare time. And I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. If you're listening to this, then I hope you're excited to to keep following us on the journey because we have so many cool things still coming as we keep going down this journey.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'd like to get your personal perspective on AI, right? We we have this show coming up, we're going to be talking to inspirational founders, builders, artists, creators, folks using AI for different use cases. We'll talk about the news of the AI. But I think we all have this innate reaction to the word at this point, just based on what we've read, what we've seen, what we've experienced personally. And I'm curious sort of where you're at when it comes to how AI will continue to evolve and potentially cross over to Web3. The future,
0: it's here and it's here to stay. It's a matter of how do we keep amplifying tools? When the internet first came out, there's a resistance to using, you know, the new technology. And then it was the people that started using these little like microchasms that started getting people more curious. Like, how can you buy a thing? Right. And start buying products. And so that was the first book that I got more people going. And in web two, it was social channels, your social networks of so MySpace and Facebook and everything else. Like it was the interactions and in the community building and doing things like that. And when I look at AI, AI is one of those new tools that can be used to amplify and do a lot more with way less. And technology is moving at such a pace right now that yes, there are some jobs that will be obsolete in the future, the same way that jobs that exist today weren't even considered or could be even be comprehended back in the nineties jobs that exist right now as we look at it over the next decade, there's new jobs that are going to exist that we can't comprehend or could have even conceptualized until this continues to develop out. So the way I look at it is how do we learn about tools that we can start using today to amplify and make things more efficient? And those are the people that are going to thrive and be able to maximize the technology that's here for us to be able to use.
1: Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, look, even the role of social media manager was not even a concept that people would have considered 10, 20 years ago, right? There was a point where a very small percentage of the world was using social media. And then all these different social media needs came across and it's continuing to evolve. Like we just had threads come out of nowhere and, and get a massive amount of users. And now we have to all have to figure out what that looks like. So I think it's just yeah. part of the nature of evolving technology. We didn't need Slack managers. Slack wasn't a thing, but now it is a thing. I'm having a lot of fun playing with Chat GPT personally for my own life. And then also as it applies to, to our business, I'm curious what you've done in that area. But like I showed my trainer Chat GPT the other day and I completely blew his mind. Right. He loves to do jujitsu and. He's like, yeah, I just feel like I need a little bit more of an edge on my practice. So I asked GPT and boom, 10 different ideas for how he can sort of incrementally improve his jujitsu game outside of like the normal sort of just going to classes and working out and eating well, right? So it really opened right. up his eyes and now he's using it every day. And on the business side, like contracts are a pain and sometimes you want to sort of add a clause to an agreement. And of course, ChatGPT isn't legal advice, but it certainly can get you started. So when you go into a conversation with your legal counsel, you have a starting point where it's less of their time that you're having to spend and less of your time to sort of articulate the type of agreement you're trying to create. So that's been helpful too. And there's just so many cool use cases. Have you been messing around with this?
0: I have. And something I want to add here, especially for people who are listening to this and haven't exactly used ChatGPT yet, when you think about doing a thing, just starting something, usually the hardest part is starting or to have a creative place to insert and start to do a thing. So by having a prompt, any type of prompt, you can now get the wireframe, the framework to now go in and adjust, alter and, and have it start shifting and shaping more towards your voice or your idea or evolving it into something that feels more like yourself. So a lot of the times when you go and do research or if you're going to go look up something like, let's say I want to cook a chicken pot pie. So if I were to go on Google right now, it's going to give me 10 results. I have to click on one and maybe I click on another, click on the third, look through those three and i say, oh, maybe these three work. But if I say in chat GPT, hey, what are 10 different ways to make a chicken pot pie? Within two minutes, it's going to give me all of these different things. Now, I didn't have to go to all the different places, source all this information. And it's giving me all these different prompts. And I can look and be like, I want to do that one. That one speaks to me. This feels good. And it's just being able to take what would take a lot of energy and time to start the creative process. It's giving you that immediate wireframe and starting point to go from there. And I feel like it just helps a lot of, initially, as creative people, be able to jump into something a lot quicker.
2: You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or have you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better barbecued or (laughs) deep-fried? Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore, because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real-world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. Filled with treasure, <laughs> So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGE OF for fifty percent off and start your next block today.
1: Speaking of jumping in, I know this is something you're really anticipating and looking forward to. You have a little bit of upper hand because you've read these questions to others, but. We have a segment called Quick Hitters where we get to know you better. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. For those of you listening, Quick Hitters is a fun and quick way to get to know our guests a little better. There's going to be 10 questions we're looking forward to, a short single word or few word response, but Rich will have a chance to expand if he gets the urge. So the first question is, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Candy. So... My dad
0: used to give me and my sister allowance for doing like household chores, like taking out the trash, cleaning stuff, etc. And so every Friday, he would take us to this uh, like local Circle K or something like that, give us our allowance and say, hey, if you want to get something, go for it. So my very first thing, I believe, was some Skittles.
1: There you go. I had a local convenience store too and may have been one of my go-to spots. I actually like leachees. That was my thing because... Yeah, it was a Spanish store, and that's where I discovered leeches way before they were super popular. All right. So, what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life?
0: First thing I ever sold, I believe, was candy bars for like a sports fundraiser. So, a lot of times when you're like these youth things, uh, they do fundraisers so you can go and like travel and play in these different leagues or whatever. So, you always have these things you go selling. Usually, for us, it's like chocolate bars so I remember selling those chocolate bars
1: I would anticipate given your role in our company and what I've seen that you're pretty good at that chocolate bar sales racket am I correct oh absolutely I can sling some chocolate interesting thing we do to our kids in terms of how we teach them entrepreneurship by actually like making money for someone else and giving them a little consolation prize but such is the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey it's good practice nevertheless What is the most recent thing you remember purchasing? Most recent purchase was uh,
0: this thing I'm using right in front of me, which is my new computer. My last one finally crapped out on me, gave me me some solid years, but it was time. So recently got the MacBook Air. So that was my most recent purchase.
1: Nice. I'm going to need another one of those soon. What is the most recent thing you sold? Most recent thing
0: I sold was... A package for Edge
1: of. One and done. Thank you, sir, for that. What is your most prized possession?
0: My most prized possession would have to be my wedding ring right now. I uh, got married about a year and a half ago. So I was always looking for it too. every day when I put it on. It's a nice gentle
1: reminder. Mazel tov. If you could buy anything in the world, digital physical service or experiences currently for sale what would it be
0: a trip around the world i really want to keep exploring everything that's out there i am from a town called shreveport louisiana and i never had real ambitions on like seeing a lot of the world and my wife is a very adventurous person who has seen a lot more than i have and the only place i've ever wanted to see was australia and literally on our first date She asked me, like, hey, where's the place you've always wanted to go? And I said, Australia. She said, well, if you stick around with me long enough, you might just go. Went and saw some of her family in Sydney. And then, like, after that experience, I was like, there's so much more out there. I just want to see more. And so I would definitely want to get the ability to go on a worldwide trip.
1: Nice. I think I've been to 40 countries at this point. But my thirst to, like, see more of the world just, like get increases over time. It never really ends. And I think everyone should sort of get out there. It sort of helped me get perspective on life, seeing different cultures and appreciating how essentially wherever you live, you live in some sort of bubble because there's other people doing things differently, experiencing the world differently in other places. And it provides perspective for personal, for business in terms of what makes the world go. Plus... I love to eat. So always down to explore new places from a culinary perspective as well. And that's a lot of fun. So I'm with you right there. So let's talk a little bit about your personality. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be?
0: Resilience. I grew up playing baseball since I was four years old. And baseball is a sport where if you are successful three out of 10 times, you're considered great. And most of the time you can tell you, you're going to do a lot of things, right. And you could still potentially get out. And so I think it was a really great lesson on what it means to be resilient and to keep bringing your best effort. And even when you do your best, sometimes you still get out, but it doesn't mean that you don't keep bringing that same energy every time.
1: Nice. And on the flip side, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? The
0: personality trait I think I would get rid of is interesting because it's not quite ego, but it's more of when ego flirts with arrogance. So like, I feel like people need to be confident. I feel like people need to be able to feel very firm in themselves, but not to the point of arrogance of where you think you can do no wrong, especially from my younger self, not extreme arrogance.
1: I really appreciate that. And I think you're doing a pretty good job, if I might say so. I asked ChatGPT what that point is, because I was kind of curious. So, the point where ego flirts with arrogance is when one's self confidence or self importance becomes excessive, leading to a sense of superiority and disregard for others' opinions or feelings. It can lead to negative impact on relationships and hinder personal growth and self awareness. Striking a balance between confidence and humility is essential to maintain healthy interactions with others. Well, thank you ChatGPT. I think we both agree, right?
0: Great quick summary. Going back to how swift you get a great summary. Wow.
1: Pretty fun. All right. So, what did you do just before joining us on this podcast besides hang out with me?
0: Well, before I had a nice workout this morning. So, we'll, we'll go there.
1: Cool. Cardio, hybrid, weights, a little of everything. All the above, a little weight session and then a nice bike ride. Sweet. And what are you going to do next after the podcast? Post work. Interestingly enough, blockchain
0: lane is in town. So there is a crypto event in town uh, with a local women in Web3 and art exhibit. Then I'm going to get some dinner. So looking forward to that.
1: All right. Sometimes we have a bonus question. I feel like we should do one here. Why not? I'm just kind of curious, Richard. I know you enjoy like entertainment, movies, films and whatnot, Netflix. What is the type of sort of show or movie that you could just like binge watch?
0: Anime. Big anime guy. Grew up on Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, all this stuff. And like grown men, I still love anime and have no shame about it
1: nice all right well i'm gonna have to sort of learn a little bit more about anime from you because that's not an area that's sort of crossed my palette yet but i'm game to learn so good to know
2: hey there nft space cadet let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to abbott kinney boulevard in venice beach la let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion art and food there it's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com. It's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you D-gens who strive to shed the cumberbunded pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe, Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale, and model of yacht, as well as weather scale, model of yacht, or actual yacht.
1: Well, that is the end of Edge Quick Hitters. And I think we have a little bit of time left. Should we do one hot topic? Sure. Cool. All right. Well, I'm a big fan of this team. So let's cover what's going on with Sound XYZ. So Snoop Dogg has just joined their $20 million series, which their new funding round, which is pretty exciting. This is going to propel them to sort of expand their NFT platform for, for music. According to Sound, the platform provides tools for artists to upload, stream, and monetize their music as NFTs without... Third party infringement of any kind. Sound also says it lets artists keep 95% of the proceeds from the work and 10% of every resale without giving up any ownership of their master or publishing rights. It earned 5.5 million last year on the platform. The artists have earned that much, which is really incredible. And when you compare that to what they can earn from Spotify, it's equivalent to 1.5 billion streams on other platforms. So definitely doing real things in the space. Folks like Rio Cregan, who we've had talk with us, I believe at Outer Edge and also on Twitter Spaces, he's generated more than 300,000 from his music and built over 500 collectors in just a year. So pretty awesome. Cool to see Snoop get into the mix. I know Cordell also is in the mix for sound. Have you had a chance to mess with it yet, Richard? I haven't had the opportunity
0: to mess with sound yet, but... One of the first things that really excited me within the world of Web3 and even NFTs was around how to use those dynamics for music and artists. One of my good friends was very involved in that space and was explaining the business to me of how, like, for a lot of artists, even unless you have that one big hit, you can be a local, like, celebrity star, but, like, never really monetize your plays, your streams. The real money is through touring. And even through touring, a lot of the times the money that you make is through your apparel, through what you sell, through the shirts and everything else. And that that whole model blew my mind. So now with Web3 disrupting, I now say like, no, no, actually you can make a living through your streams, I think is absolutely incredible. And I'd like to hear stories like this of, of companies that aren't just talking about it, but, but doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think music has always been an industry that's all about disruption. And it's taken some really interesting twists and turns with Napster and then Spotify and sort of how the music labels work with the artists. And it's been challenging for a lot of artists in this uh, particular industry to be able to create a sustainable, consistent revenue stream. So Sound is doing some really cool things, excited about their journey. Glad to see that they have Snoop Dogg in their corner now. So good stuff there.
0: Uncle Snoop's a businessman. He's, he's involved with a lot of stuff, got his hands in a lot of things. But if there's one thing I know that will be good about is it, that people will pay attention. This is one that I'm now starting to pay more attention to.
1: Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, we should sort of let listeners know where to go to learn more about you and what you're working on. So feel free to shout out those socials. Yeah. So I'll just shout
0: out one. Follow me on Twitter at Richard Carthon, my name and I got links to all the things I'm involved with, especially everything going on at Edge of NFT. And yeah, excited to keep being on the show and being a part of this journey and really excited to learn more about our listeners too. So like if you heard this show, if you heard something else and you you like what you hear, you have comments or you have constructive feedback, I'm all about it. Send it my way. Send me a tweet. I'll let you boy.
1: Thanks for that, Richard. And yeah, it's just great having you part of the team, man. And this was really a fun episode for me to take a moment and get to know you better. We're moving so fast together, doing so much. It's nice to sort of step back and unpack who you are, what you're all about as well along the way of this rapid journey we call Web3. So we've reached the outer edge at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on the Starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers to make this journey also much better how, go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome, then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online.
2: The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.